or two of the um, Blue City CrossFit show where we are talking about college athletics as a, a, you know playing sports in college and kind of competing in the sport of CrossFit and transferring over. We have some very special guests along with the regular crew. Matt is here. Taylor, who is our resident collegiate athlete that transferred into the sport of CrossFit and has competed at the top of the sport. And then we have Connor, James, and Izzy. And as we talked about last time, we have two collegiate swimmers that both went to St. Louis University, which is also where Taylor went. And Izzy was a college golfer at, is it Drury? Mm-hmm. Drury yep. in Springfield. Yes. <laughs> and the, in this episode, uh, last episode we talked about, you know, how that how they got into the sport of CrossFit, what their goals were, and that sort of thing. This episode, we're going to get a little more hands-on and get some maybe advice and ask some questions to Taylor Stride, who, um, again, went from being a swimmer at St. Louis University to a individual and team athlete at the CrossFit Games. And so my first question that I'm going to throw out, and then we'll get to everybody else, is, Taylor, you started – you stopped swimming, joined CrossFit, and when and within one year, one year exactly, we're competing at regionals on a team. And I just wanted to ask, you know, what was it like getting that experience, first uh, competitive experience? Uh, so I think I've talked about it before, but I had no idea, like, what how big regionals was um, until I got to regionals. Um, you know, we had had a team that qualified through the open uh, and made it to regionals and I just kind of happenstanced onto it because I could do muscle ups and handstand walking and you know we got to regionals and we placed fourth and we literally were one spot from making the games uh, my first year one muscle up one muscle up from making the games which is insane to think about Um, and that is when I first kind of got like this is a much bigger thing than I thought it was you know I kind of um equated regionals just to like a bigger invitational swim meet um I didn't realize it was like the stepping stone to make it to like the CrossFit games like the world championships of CrossFit so and so what was it like getting that um do you think it was important to get that competitive experience you know near the top of the sport quickly after um graduating from college because I mean there's another route you could have tried to go wait until you were an individual and it might have taken like a lot, a lot of years so what's the you know even Patrick Vellner went team for the crossing games first year what do you think about is that what advice would you give um these youngins on that front um I think the biggest thing was I was surrounded by very good athletes at our gym and so I was actually not um, the best athlete by any means on that team. We had two girls that were super strong and, um, very fit. And then the guys were also, you know, all in the top, you know, 200 in the regional at the time. So from my standpoint, um, I was always trying to keep up with them and me being as competitive as I am, that's kind of what drove me, um, to be better every day. So it was that competitive atmosphere, um, and trying to, you know, stay up with them. And then after we were so close at regionals, it was one of those things that actually, um, that really sparked my drive to, you know, at the time idea was to be a team athlete, but, uh, clinicals had another mind. And so then it kind of switched to individual focus after I had like two years basically to grow and, you know, really start to focus on that. You don't really have to, let's, let's say for quarterfinals this year, you don't really have to pick team or individual until Mm -hmm. semifinals. So maybe that's the advice that we give you go for both. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and I think that's kind of the beauty of this year. Like, I didn't pick, you know, team or individual until um, after individual or team was done, you know. And I think the biggest thing is you don't really have to have, like, a huge, um, like we've kind of talked about, you kind of have to have your goals be fluid, right? There may be um, a year that you're just not there yet. There may be a year where mentally you're not there, you know, something in life kind of takes you away from it and, um it's just having like those fluid goals and, you know, if you want to try to go team, um, you know, that's awesome. But also there's so much, you know, pride in being an individual as well. Um, even if you get dead last, like heck, that's impressive too. Um, just putting yourself out there on the spot, um, and creating opportunities for yourself. You don't have to have, you know, the goal to make the CrossFit games, but, um, you know, kind of creating those opportunities and continuing to grow and learn. And, you know, every, every, qualifier that I do I film it and go back and watch it um and that's one of those things like just learning and learning different you know 
movement patterns, learning different um, rep schemes, all that kind of stuff. Game tape. <laughs> James, go ahead with your question. So like going back to like after your first like regionals and like when you kind of switch to like a more like a individual mm-hmm. like um, approach, like when did you know or like think it was possible to make it to the games on your own? Uh, I didn't really have the specific goals to make it individually um, until after my first regionals individual experience. So 2016, I qualified individually and I um, was going, quote unquote, just to have fun. And after the second workout, I placed fourth on that workout and I was sitting in like 12th after the first day and I was like, oh, like I can compete. And then, you know, I still had fun the rest of that weekend, but when I was done with that, I had some big holes in my game and they were clearly exposed at regionals. Um, But then after that weekend, like I set the goal to try to make the games in 2017. Um, And, and, you know, getting injured and stuff, it kind of shifted my goals from that standpoint. Um, But in 2018, after regionals, like I knew I could make the games. It just had to, all the stars had to align. I think it actually even backed up even further than that. I think that same year, um, you were in the open. And I think that uh, it was that burpee box jump over, and that deadly burpee box jump over and dumbbell snatch workout that we all did this year that everyone hates. Everyone's looking at me like, oh my God, I hate that workout. Um, I think that was the first workout. I love that workout. Yeah. <laughs> you would. Um but Gio, you, know, you after the after that workout, I think you it was a little bit of a different schedule. You guys might not even realize what that was. That was regionals. It was kind of like the individual quarterfinals. Now, um, semifinals. What's that? Semifinals. Semifinals. No, re- 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 regionals is like semifinals. You yeah. would compete. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fair enough. But you were sitting fourth, and it was kind of like the my oh shit moment when I was sitting on the couch a couple episodes ago. We were talking about when I when I fired it up the the leaderboard and I realized that I could make it. I mean, I remember being at home and we were looking at the leaderboard and she was fourth. I think that's kind of when it, it was an eye opener that uh, that she could make it. And, you know, obviously the what she just talked about at regionals was was on top of that. But I think uh, everybody's got a, a first moment. I think she forgot about that. I think that might have been it because it was shocking to everyone. Yeah, I got that moment. Um, that was in 2017, 17.1, I think. And I had... Uh, so many people reach out to me and be like, holy cow, like uh, you've put the work in. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but it was nice to see that I had put the work in. Do you remember what you placed in the open or what around it was? Uh, I think I was like eighth that year in, in the yeah, North, in the North central, oh. in the central. So yeah, not, not in the world. I was not that good, but <laughs> uh, I mean, at the time that's why you compared yourself to everyone in the central regional. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So I was just wondering like if there's a skill or movement that, kind of you were like stuck on or you kind of you know gave you the most trouble um you know I don't do very well on my hands upside Mm -hmm. down um but you know just you know something that you really had to put a lot of work into um I put a lot of work into my gymnastics uh that was a big I mean I had the like basics and I I could do pull-ups right away but learning the actual um you know, bar muscle up and not chicken winging and learning a ring muscle up and being able to do two in a row. And, um, I spent really, and unfortunately we don't get to do this as much anymore because of COVID, but I spent maybe five years working with a gymnast, four or five years working with Logan and a gymnastics coach and really helping me refine my skills. Um, you know, something I feel that I still, I'm much better than I was, but it's still a big hole for me is strength. Like my top numbers are not as big as the other girls, but I feel like I can, you know, operate at close to a hundred percent pretty well. Um, but that's something that I still just feel like I don't quite have that edge, but that's again, the beauty of CrossFit is like, you're always improving. And, you know, I, um, you know, recently this year I've PR'd my clean and jerk and tied my snatch PR. And that's been literally the last time I hit my snatch PR was in 2017 at HOA. And I did that this summer. And so, you know, it's like one of those things where, um, you know, evolving and growing and learning and being able to have those small victories is cool. I think that's it. I mean, gymnastics is always the great separator um, because it's yes. like, you know, you can be as strong as an ox, Steve. Um, but if you don't have gymnastics to go along with that, you can only go so far in the sport. I mean, you, how many times, you know, you, if you have whatever in the open, you have six 
scores you used to have maybe a little bit less now but in individual quarters or in semifinals you might have six eight ten workouts how many times are you going to be able to pick something heavy up maybe two or three and you're probably going to have like six or seven gymnastics type movements maybe not that many but more than picking up something deadly heavy so I think that's the great separator. So the people, you know, everybody wants to come in and PR their deadlift, PR their clean, PR their snatch. And, and, and that's, that's a great, you get rewarded for that. But the people that really work on gymnastics movements, like she, you know, five years and she still goes in every day and is like, I've got to get better at this and that, and, and, and still practices it. And it's like going down back to basics. That, at least, at least, you know, kind of what I teach you guys all the time is like back to basics. It's like we, we can jump up on the rings and do this, but there is so much work at this level down here. And that's the the people that work on that and appreciate that and incorporate that are the ones that have success. I have like a question like regarding that, like uh, you know, like how you were saying, like you know, strength will only get you so far, and like the other skills are like more valuable when you like in terms of, like competing. But like, like I feel like personally for me, like I'm not at a strength where I can like do everything. Like quarterfinals, I can't I can't power snatch like 185. So like. Do you like think that there's like a certain level of strength that you just kind of have to have and then like build upon like other skills after like while working on the strength? Yeah, I, I, yes, there definitely is a level of strength that you do have to have, um, to be able to compete at baseline. Cause like, you know, both you and Izzy both brought that up. Um, and yes, but with that being said, to get through the open this year, right? The only heavy thing was a barbell um, uh, at the end, which was a max lift. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had wall walks, which is mm-hmm. a gymnastics movement. You have um, double unders, which is considered gymnastics. Burpee box jumps, which kind of falls into that, more of that body weight. Um, and then you have toe to bar, chest to bar, bar muscle up. And those were the separators mm-hmm. of those workouts, right? It wasn't everything else. And so, yes, as you get, as you evolve more into the sport, you do need to continue to do some strength training and obviously a lot of strength training. But from the standpoint of the gymnastics are actually what are the separators or you get to, um, like we went to uh, semifinals this year and teams flew through um, the first two, we did that rope climb thruster workout. And a girl and guy pair flew through the legged rope climbs and thrusters. And then all of a sudden it got to the girls doing legless rope climbs. And we were maybe like, I don't know, eighth in our heat. And all of a sudden, like girls just could not do a legless rope climb. And we moved up to fifth, you know what I mean? And so those are where the separators are and being consistent and being able to move through that. Um, obviously, yes, you have to be able to do a, you know, there's certain baseline strength numbers that you have to be able to do to be competitive in the sport of CrossFit. But you can get by, like Mara did that snatch workout. She did every single snatch, a squat snatch in that workout. And, you know, obviously it's slower, but she was still the top 500 in the North America, which is darn impressive too. I'm not going to get her to, you know, um, semifinals, but it's still there. So. And what I would add to that, and Taylor, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, you know, there's not a lot of people, like you have to know what stage of the, the season you're competing in. And so like in the open versus semifinals, that has to do with your goals. Right. And so like, you don't want to, um, over prioritize, like having to be able to, to be able to cycle a 225 pound clean barbell because that's what happens at semifinals and not get good at toes to bar, which comes up at the open. And then you never even make it there. Or like another example, maybe being like in the, um, you know, in the open, uh, and even in quarterfinals, like a little bit like the strength is always going to be usually, te- you know, there's sometimes a one rep max, but it's going to either come right at the end of a long workout where there's not much rest or you have to like earn it in that toe to bar double under clean workout. And so I think it's probably a better, uh, just as like a fan analyst, whatever you want to call it. Like it's better to, you know, you want to train for the competition you're trying to advance out of instead of the competition you're trying to get to. And I just, there's the more you listen or hear, you never hear somebody be like, oh, I wasn't strong enough to make it out of the open. Like if only I had more, like that's, it's always the uh, capacity. Yeah, and I think what Teddy just kind of mentioned earlier too is there's times for the season. So like right now is strength training time, right? Like we're spending, um, you know, working full time, you guys being in school, working, things like that. You don't have 
all day, every day to be able to do everything. And so there are times of the year that you focus on different things. So for me right now, like my goal is to hit all of the mayhem strength every week. Um, and that's what I'm trying. Cause I know this is a time where I can, you know, I'm still doing a Metcon and I'm still doing that kind of stuff, but I'm backing off on that. Or maybe I'm being a little bit more strategic in my Metcon and I'm trying, to, you know, say there's 15 muscle ups. Well, now is the time to try to do nine, six, right? Now's the time to try to fail at that. Um, but I'm going to slow my workout down to be able to do that. So then, you know, hopefully when I get into the um, future workouts, I have an idea of my capacity within a workout. Um, but I might be a little bit slower because I'm going to slow myself down, take extra rest, you know, analyze the situation that way. So, um, yeah, like right now, like I said, my main goal is every strength piece I'm trying to hit. Um, and I will do that up through probably like November. Um, and I think that's kind of, it's like a 12 week cycle usually. So that'll probably get us to about November, December, uh, middle of December. And then it's going to start being, you know, more focus on, um, training for the competition I'm going to try to compete through. Right. So I'm going to try to compete at the open. We're going to start doing more open kind of stuff. Um, and you know, that's what you find with a lot of like, um, you know, mayhem does a really good job of that. Cause they're doing the same thing. Their athletes are trying to train through those seasons. And so, um, right now, you know, the strength for mayhem takes about an hour and then they're, they're only programming one to two Metcons. And so they're really focusing on that. Um, but with that being said too, if you don't have time necessarily to get everything in during the day, if you miss a day with a Metcon, but you do a strength piece and then you do a gymnastic skill set, um, that is probably, especially for you guys who have engines, it's probably more beneficial to get you further into the season. Okay. Yeah. We got yep. So big thing on my mind lately has been, uh, time management. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm in college working a job, some other stuff. Um, so I know you and everyone on the games team, which is really cool is uh employed mm -hmm. full-time um so what are the most important aspects of balancing your whole life and cross yeah. a big part of that life yeah uh i mean one of the things that i'm kind of blessed with which you guys have a little bit probably more difficulty is most of my friends are crossfitters so they get it um or they get it to an extent where they're not um like, what are you doing? You guys are crazy. But with that being said, kind of how I just said, like right now I'm picking my priorities and, um, you know, on a Monday I, you know, work from six to three thirty. come back here. You know, we may lift from four to five fifteen, and then I'm just going to do like a, we're going to do a 10 minute workout and be done. And that's fine. Um, and it's, it's understanding, you know, what my goals are. And my goal is, you know, to, keep competing in the sport across it right now. And so I'm going to do what I need to do, but if I don't get everything in, it's okay. And it's not the end of the world. And so your may goal, goal may be just to get a workout in to release some endorphins to make you feel a little bit better because I get like you studying for tests and all that kind of stuff is not easy. And it takes a lot of time and you may be up late or, you know, different weeks, things are going crazy. Um, so even if you can't necessarily get to the gym, uh, you know, doing something that makes you feel better. So if you can even just do some, uh, what's your favorite workout, Matt? Like 10 minutes, do 10 push-ups for a 10-minute imam. Um, and you just walk away and you feel a little bit better, but it gives you that break. Um, and I think that's kind of all of us enjoy that endorphin high, that adrenaline high that we get from working out. And it doesn't have to be complicated. And you can still get, you know, a decent workout in. And if you get three good days at the gym, that's a great week sometimes. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. So I don't know. Did that answer your question? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> it's a little bit of balance too. It's like, um, you know, I think James said this earlier, like, am I doing enough? There's that I'm past that, but I've, I had that for years and years and years. Like, am I doing enough? Like, you know, you're, you know, you hate to take a day off on Thursday. You hate to take a day off on Sunday because I need to do this and that and the other. And I sometimes, you know, we have a home, pretty, pretty good home gym setup. So I'll go out and do some stuff. And she's like, did you do something else today? <laughs> and and I'm kind of slowly backing off that because I'm kind of realizing that number one balance, but two recovery, you know, it's like mm -hmm. constantly always doing something. You're just like, you're, you're kind of almost waiting for something to break. Um, you know, we're starting to see that Dave Reiki, um, 
Mm-hmm. But there's like it, it's you you brought up but that's that's a good word that I like that you asked about was balance and it's like um you know if you can have three really solid days and kind of and this is the season to be able to do that to like pick a piece pick you know if if, if I only have time for something I can just squat um I could just I could just deadlift I could just you know do a do an olympic lift and then at home i could do you know maybe some push-ups or some lunges i could go for a run and you're 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 not getting out of shape so it's like if you don't you know you're working late one night and you got to sleep in or you've got to you know go to go to another job or go into the um you know go into the lab or something like that i mean there's things that you can do to kind of keep that there and kind of satisfy the the need for getting better and not feel like you're not doing anything right okay And I think, you know, the question, am I doing enough? Like that was my biggest downfall between 2016 and 2017. I trained so hard and I tried to fit everything in and I ended up injured. I ended up breaking my first rib. I couldn't do anything for three months. Um, It was miserable just from a standpoint of what I couldn't do. And so I think, you know, that was when we kind of retooled like my training and we figured out that. I'm doing enough because I'm going into every workout with an intent. I have a strategy for every workout I do, whether it be um, just to move slowly, whether it be go all out, whether it be focus on cycling the barbell, singles, whatever it is. There's a lot of things that um, there's a lot of there's a thing to be said, like quality over quantity. Sometimes quantity is just work and you're not getting anything out of it. And that's the biggest thing people don't fail to realize. You may spend four hours at the gym, but how much of that did you actually learn something and get better at? Um, and we just had this conversation today, Teddy, we were talking about uh, as you get better in the sport of CrossFit, you just get smarter. You truly just get smarter. You obviously get fitter, but the biggest thing is your smarts. And like knowing like Teddy was talking about breaking up his toes to bars and threes or fours and learning and, you know, writing that down and becoming aware of your abilities and then trying to push them a little bit at different points. So how many years are you in Teddy? This is year seven. And he's just getting his first book. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, I actually, uh, I looked at, uh, I was in the back end of sugar wall the other day for blue city and I had sugar wall in my previous gym and I still, have the most logs I haven't used in a while. I have the most logs into sugar wad of anybody at the gym. So oh, that's I did have uh, that stuff, but you can't, that's really knowing weights and times. It's that you were talking about something different in the, um, which is the, the flexibility of the notebook, right? Yeah. And that's like, I mean, you could do it in your notes of sugar wad, but you have to go back and look at everything again. Um, and so that's like the notebook. Like I write down how I break up gymnastics movements. I write down how, um, if I did singles, if I cycle the barbell, you know, what my row pace was, things like that. So I kind of, I just am growing in the sport. I'm not, I'm not getting, I mean, I'm getting, I'm staying fit, but I'm not getting any fitter. I'm just getting smarter to an extent too. I just realized I'm doing the notebook wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So that, that was actually one of the questions I have written down here on my little notes. Um, What, what other things do you record in your notebook? Like I have one and I write down what I do every day. And sometimes I write rep schemes or Mm -hmm. if I died or. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and that's something I think you write down too, like how you feel. So you're like, I didn't eat enough food today. I felt like crap. Um, you know, and I'll write that too, just to be aware. You know, because sometimes too, you go back and you're like, gosh, that was my time, or that's only I only lifted that much, or you know, some days you feel really good, and I'll put like really good snatch day. You know, and uh, that may be a percentage of like I hit say like 95 percent. Um, you're supposed to go off that the next week and I'm like, I feel like crap. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was a good snatch day. So I'm, I'm going to give myself some leeway that I'm only hitting 90% today. You know what I mean? Um, and so that kind of stuff too, especially like right now when you're on like the consistent strength cycles, you can go back and look and it makes you feel like, uh, last week there was like bench press percentages that were just like asinine for me that week. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to knock these off. I literally took 10% off of every percentage and mm-hmm. I just put like not a good bench press day and that was fine. But at least I know in my head, like that's why it was, you know? Right. So, yeah. uh, well the other day I was watching the new CrossFit games podcast. I think it was episode four. Uh, they had Dave Castro and Noah Olson and Chase Ingram and Right in the middle of the podcast, um, they cut out and Daniel Brandon had joined them and they said, sorry guys, uh, we were just recording and Dave's power went out at the ranch and so we had to hit spas and so that was just our version of that. We had a little batteries dying and uh, that uh, that hasn't happened since the our first, uh, yeah. our 
making the games recap episode, which was our very first one with microphones. So, uh, you know, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> anyway, um, we were going to, we left off. Uh, we, we had at the earlier part, or I think maybe it was the first part of the podcast where we talked about, you know, these are the, talked about working on strength versus what the right thing to work on was. And been reading this business book by a guy named Naval, who's a super popular investor on Twitter. And I thought it kind of like applied to working on the right thing, especially like with the open, I think it's less than six months or about six months, about six months. Um, and this will be a little bit of a hot take. Um, but I think there's a lot that transfers over to CrossFit. And it's about judgment. And he, he says, hard work is really overweight, overrated. How hard you work matters a lot less in the modern economy. He says, judgment. You know what's underrated? Judgment is underrated. And he goes, you have to put in the time. But judgment is more important. The direction you're heading in matters more than how fast you move, especially with leverage. Picking the direction you're heading in for every decision is far, far, far more important than how much force you apply. Just pick the right direction to start walking in and start walking. So like, I guess what he's saying is, um, in a CrossFit sense, is like you can, work, you can do seven Metcons a day, but if you have a huge hole with toes to bar and you never work on toes to bar strength or whatever it is, um, you know, so that's... And so what do you think of... And Taylor, you said like when you were saying you're really... The, the one thing you're doing is right now is like the mayhem strength. And so that's, I was just throwing that out there as an example of, uh, you know, you have to, you have to be strategic about what you do work on if you're going to be a competitive athlete. Uh, I think this kind of goes into what I just said was like quality over quantity. Like that's the yeah. exact same thing. You have to have intent behind your, um, what you're doing and I think Izzy you've probably in the past like month or so that you've been like pretty consistent with us kind of maybe started to realize that a little bit more and start to like um you know I try to like throw little things in there when we're working out just like things to think about or stuff like that but um I don't know have you started to kind of feel like a shift or like think of things differently or anything like that yeah um that you should probably should probably think more about just jumping into a workout. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, now I like do like ask you guys, um, like what, how should I break this up? Or like today we were doing strict handstand pushups and I cannot do 12 in a row. So I was like, well, what's, you know, going to actually benefit me than sitting there and struggling mm -hmm. doing, you know, yeah, just sitting there and being stuck. Yeah. But yeah, like actually, you know, writing stuff down and um, knowing your numbers and so you see if you actually are you know progressing and going in that correct direction yeah and like CrossFit Games athletes get this that's you hear I think the, the verbiage of what you hear is like working on my weaknesses or hitting my holes or like that that sort of stuff you know Colton Burton's travels around with his 30 pound wall ball he said so like that's the um, my gut tells me that uh, if you're trying to be competitive especially in the early stages before you know a whole lot um about the sport um is like working on the right things for your goals might feel not feel like the right things at the time so maybe to like listen to the you know there's so much uh wisdom you know at this table and at the gym yeah uh, so thank you well, I think actually you two do a really good, like Connor and James, you do a really good job of that. Like when we hit, do Friday Night Lights, um, you guys realize there's something you can't do on the board or it's not going to be the same stimulus and you're like asking Matt or I right away, like, hey, what should I do for this? And I think you guys have a really good grasp of that for the most part that you're like, oh, that I could do, you know, 185 for the cleans, but it's going to take me a really long time. So what should I scale it down to and how to keep the workout, um, the stimulus the same as everyone else. And that's really what you need out of the workouts. There's no point as like, as you said, sitting on the wall and just failing handstand pushups. Like at a certain point you have to realize, you know, Hey, I'm going to do, um, you know, four strict and I'm going to go into eight kipping and that's going to get me through this much more successfully. And so, um, I actually think you guys, you know, kudos to you because you guys have done a really good job of making sure that you're doing the appropriate um, workout, and I appreciate that. So <laughs> I can't say the same to everyone at the gym. So, <laughs> well, we we appreciate you not telling us yeah. uh, the the thing to do. Mm -hmm. Stephen Wallace qualified for regionals as an individual in 2015, mm -hmm. and that's a year before you did as an individual. You qualified for team, okay? So, and he came out of a uh, he was a college. I, 
I think technically a college running back, but I'm pretty sure it was a fullback that blocked. Okay, college, so that makes sense. Um, qualified in 2015, he uh, had some elite competitions over the years in terms of like Wadapalooza, but usually like off-season events, and he would not qualify for a regionals-level competition as an individual again until 2020 for the MAC, and that's just, I mean, that is a that is a five-year period, which is not stupid to compare, but Ricky Garrard's been out for four years. That's less. And the amount of people, um, even at Steve's age that have quit or gone on to do something else, not for any bad reasons, but it's gotta be astronomical, the percentage of people that have stuck with it. And so like that, um, anecdote kind of like makes me think, you know, that if you see that path laid out in front of you guys, that's a long ass time, you know, like that's till, till you kind of get some of your goals. And so, it had a question that um, I was thinking of that I wanted to ask Taylor and kind of maybe address it. And there might be uh, the answer might not be the same for every one of these three athletes, but what's kind of like going to be the biggest challenge or some of the biggest challenges that these three are going to have to uh, face and overcome and like in the, in the moments, uh, you know, kind of turning points of, of where you can go in the sport. Uh, I mean, just kind of the biggest thing that I have faced is failure um like you said there's more times that you fail than you're actually successful and I think that's just true in life right you're um you know 80 percent of the time you're failing at something and 20 percent you're succeeding and then if you're getting into a competition kind of world where um everybody is good you know and you think you're good and all of a sudden you're like well am I actually good or not um and I think I brought this up earlier today. I told Izzy she's no longer a scaled athlete. She has to compete at RX competitions and because um, they just crushed it at HOA in the scale division. I posed the question, could you not, you could do everything in RX, right? And the answer is yes. So anyways, um, and it, the first RX competition, I did one scaled competition um, on a team and I was told, you know, you're done being a scaled athlete. And I didn't really understand it at the time, but the next competition I signed up for, it was, um, the individual RX competition and I got dead last. And I thought that I was, I thought I was great. I was going into it. I felt prepared, ready to go. And, um, my world was rocked a little bit and I had to go back to the drawing board and really realize like, okay, what are my weaknesses? What do I need to get better at? Um, where are my holes? And, you know, uh, the hardest thing with anything in life is putting yourself out there and then accepting that you could fail. And then it, once you fail, how do you continue to grow from that? And so um, obviously, you know, I failed in, you know, 2016, 2017, 2018 to make it to the CrossFit Games 2019. I actually qualified in January, had no idea. I didn't even get my invite till June. So I thought I failed in 2019 basically too. Um, and so that was, you know, four years into the individual world, six years into the CrossFit world that I actually ended up qualifying for the CrossFit Games. And I had a lot of failures up to that point. A lot of successes too. Um, but, you know, my goal at that point was to make the CrossFit Games and I failed for six years, more or less. But I learned and grew. And, you know, like I said, it's a life lesson for just anything. You're going to have a lot of failures before you have success. So, Is that any? I got more. Got more. <laughs> Uh, what is competing at the, whether, uh, maybe at, at the games or you can take this however you want at the games or semifinals regionals, how does that, um, compare to competing at the top of your sport in college, the swimming? I don't know if that was the conference, yeah. but like what, you know, these three have felt high pressure, high competition elite. Um, how is it the same? How is it different? Uh, and that, uh, sort of. Uh, I actually think that's probably why individual athletes have a little bit stronger of an advantage is we're used to it. Um, you know, swimming, you walk across uh, the bulkhead and go out behind your lane and you're singled out, you know, and you're very much um, on your own. And the work that, you know, you um, have put in, you know, it, I mean, it may or may not show, unfortunately, because that's the sport of swimming. You either hit your taper, you miss your taper, or you, um, you may swim really, really well all season and you get sick right before the meet and you swim like crap or, you know, an injury flares up or something like that. And so I think, but you are on the spotlight by yourself and you have to perform in that moment. And so, um, I mean, the same with golf, you can have, you know, a good day, a bad day. You could 
play great all week and all of a sudden you, you know, have a crappy day. And I think that's what puts us at an advantage from that point is that we are used to that. We're used to putting ourselves out there. Um, we've had to do it. I mean, how many races did you swim over your lifetime? I mean, you swam me every other week and you swam three to four races, you know, it's insane. So, um, I think that puts us at a little bit of an advantage from that standpoint that we're used to that pressure. It's different. It changes. Um, but like for the most part, I mean, when I first started, I guess I was a little more, um, antsy, but really recently I'm pretty controlled before stuff. I'm nervous and, you know, I know Matt knows when I'm more nervous for something, but I'm also able to rein it in pretty well and go out on the floor and compete. So it's comes with time. So like, like what like like watching the games like you know, like when you like for an event you like line up everybody lines up and like they're counting down like three two one how does that compare to stepping up on the block right before they like you say take your mark and it's like the same same i mean uh, it the pressure's a little different i guess obviously if the workout's something you don't like or something right. like that it makes it a little bit different but um it's the same butterflies that i felt and it's the same like you know, take your deep breath. Like you have your ritual, like before you got on the block, like you had your ritual of what you did. At least most people do. Um, it's the same. I'm the same way with CrossFit. I have my ritual, you know, close my eyes, take my deep breath, you know, tell myself I got this. And then so, so the same ritual. From no, it's definitely not the same ritual. I used to do that. Like, you know, you put your hands behind your back, bend over and yeah. stretch Mike, your shoulders. I didn't do the Michael Phelps, like back clap thing, but That's I stretched good. my shoulders and before backstroke events, I always would like jump up super high. I don't know why. Oh, it was I just do that. like, yeah, it's yeah. just one of those things. So no, Kevin I don't. Does oh, does oh, he? Yeah. I was, I'm older than him, so I did it first. So it doesn't count. Yeah, he, he definitely stole, stole it from me, oh, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's you know you have your same little rituals you go through, and then the nerves change a bit, but it's the same. Taylor has her hands full, making sure Steve's not going crazy before <laughs> as well. That's true. I'm sometimes more focused on the other people, especially on a team. You're more focused on making sure everyone else is where they need to be. So you're take a little stress off yourself too. I've got two questions that I want to ask. I'm not sure which one I want to go first. Um, okay. We'll go with like a fun one. Like how, um, I see like, how is CrossFit? Is it fun? that CrossFit is a little bit different than swimming in the sense that there is, I, I mean, I'm sure uh, I'm, I'm where I'm getting at is like, there's more of like a surrounded culture in CrossFit, like well net, like people, I, I, maybe people were talking about you on podcasts in swimming, but probably not like, not like, is there, um, does that kind of, you know, when you go to these same competitions, you see the same people, like in kind of that community, how does that compare to like college? And is it, um, you know, a lot of you hear like, man, I'm sure there's some athletes that never really made it that well at the games or whatever. They're like, dude, I met, I met so many cool people, did so many cool things. So how does that, uh, how does that look like in the athletes? Um, I think from a standpoint of when you swim or when you play golf, you probably swim and play like the same teams over and over again. So you kind of build a camaraderie. You kind of know what swimmers are your level and who you want to beat. Um, and you kind of have an idea of that. So from a standpoint of like, I kind of know my abilities in CrossFit and, um, you know, who is a good person for me to chase, who's a good person for me to try to be ahead of. Um, you know, I, th- I think it's kind of similar a little bit. I don't know. I, d- I don't really remember your whole question. Sorry. Yeah, that's cool. I <laughs> but like, I do think, I do think. <laughs> I would say like, uh, if CrossFit is cool, like I'm ha- like competing oh, in crossfit yeah. is interesting because there's like analysts that know a bunch about mm-hmm. the sport and like you know getting up in this level is like it there is yeah. um you know for all of us nerds like there it's kind of a, there's a, a tension and like there's um and that is how uh, a lot of athletes like make a living that is kind of the yeah. sport the professional side of it yeah i mean it's a little different in college i mean now i guess you can be more sponsored but you you know have no yeah. sponsors anything in college and but i do think like that's probably like slew putting out their media or the a10 putting out their media where you kind of like again start to learn other people and it's not the same swimming is way more individual um you know behind the blocks and stuff like people very rarely like are outside of their bubble like yeah. you maybe see like a lily king like you know talking to someone or making them feel very uncomfortable um crossfit until really you're in the corrals and even in the corrals you're pretty much talking with everybody everyone kind of has that camaraderie um but when you're out on three two one go like you don't see anyone looking around like they're in their lane yeah. and that's that's kind of the similar but it's definitely 
I would say I've met more people and grown more relationships in CrossFit than I have swimming. And um, I don't know, is golf kind of the similar where you stay in your own lane for the most part or do you chit chat a little bit more? Um, well, you're playing with the same three people for five hours. Okay. So I hope so you're you just talking. play with your team <laughs> yeah, the whole so, time? Or? No, actually, oh. so you'll play with um, one individual from a different team. So okay. there's usually four of us, sometimes three. Um, but it's around five hours, so yeah. a lot of communication. But you do play, start playing with the same players, so I, you know, I know where they're from and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of their background. So it's just, you know, just talking to keep ourselves entertained because <laughs> yeah. you, know, you can't be on your phone. You, no music, no yeah silence. <laughs> My last one, um, but we can keep going. Uh, if anybody else does, especially like you three shout out whenever um it, it's kind of about you and matt like how as like a lead athlete um you know we've got games aspirations here uh we, we know there's tons of different ways but how has it been like having um a coach like basically an individual coach or a competition coach that that knows you well kind of bounce ideas off of um also like i don't know if it's like safe space but like you guys that you know we talk across it a lot here and like having that just you can take it however you like, whether it be like nitty gritty, like Matt, there's always there to help me with my movements or technique or just having like the um, space for it to, to talk and strategize and go through it together. So, and uh, not saying that everybody needs like a boyfriend, girlfriend, that's a super good CrossFit coach, but you know, you need that individual attention. So take it however you like. But uh, I think, you know, we're kind of, lucky and spoiled at our gym like matt took on a lot of athletes this year they may have not made it all the way through i mean half of them didn't make it out of the open but he you know sat down with them and strategized with them and um you know i think especially like matt and i ourselves like we love to just help people that want to get better and um that are actually willing to put the work in and so you know it helps to have someone even if your goals are not to be a top crossfit athlete to have someone you can bounce ideas off of is huge and I think that's kind of the biggest thing that we've had in each other this past, you know, however many years is we can sit down and watch a video and be like, hey, what if I did this? What if we did this? And go back and figure it out and um, just have that like sounding board is a huge thing and, you know, kind of continue to develop and grow that. And I know you like the analogy that like Matt and I run like a, you know, orchestra when when I'm doing a qualifier, like it's yeah. very, you know, we know what we're doing. We know our parts. You know, he's my judge. I'm his judge. Um and it's very smooth process. And I think that makes, for me, it keeps my nerves down. It keeps me a little bit more under control. I have a routine. I know what I'm doing. Um, and like that kind of stuff definitely helps, especially if you're someone that, you know, gets a little bit more nervous. Um, and I think I'm probably that person for a few of the girls at the gym. Uh, and, you know, especially like this year with Mara, keeping her, you know, feeling good and everything. Um, but even with that being said, you know, other people in the open, you know, talking to them, telling them, hey, do it like this, trying to help them learn and grow too. And um, I think, you know, if, like I said, no matter what your goals are, even if you want to do two reps better and you're going to get, you know, a thousand or hundred thousandths place in that workout, like you need that someone to bounce ideas off and help you grow. So, but Matt. I mean, it's pretty much everything that you said. I mean, it's, you know, not, not only just us two, you know, knowing, knowing our strengths, knowing our weaknesses, you know, kind of calming each other down, having that safe space to talk. I mean, it's, I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier was the book. Um, mm-hmm. It's, you know, I, I kind of think, I kind of, it kind of made me think like when, you know, just, just Teddy, you asking the question, it's like, when did we really start taking a little bit more serious and then seeing the results of it and, and the successes of it? Um, and it was when we took it serious, wrote things down, wrote how we were feeling, wrote what we thought we could have done, what we failed at watching video, watching game tape, going back and, and understanding that slower is faster, smoother is faster, um, breaking things is better. Um, and that's kind of what, you know, I would, I would talk to you guys about is like you, you, you set a goal, um, you know, and it, it doesn't matter if it's a qualifier, if it's a, if it's a open workout, if it's a, it's in, you know, the, the next stage of the CrossFit games, or it's just a workout for the day. How am I going to do this thinking about it? and executing it and whether you fail or you succeed beyond what the heck you thought you were going to be able to do you make those notes and you learn from that everything every workout 
is a learning experience and every open is a is a learning experience every time taylor and i work out or she watches me or i watch her we learn something from it and it makes us that much better down the road so it's um you know i mean we've been doing it for a long time and it's uh it's it's just a you know a great sounding board that uh, has led to the success that she's had and you know my moderate level of success at this point if you get one percent better every day you get 38 times better at the thing you're doing in the course of one year. So it's like, that's, uh, okay, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That's from the James Clear Atomic Habits book. But, uh, the 1% better every day, um, to wrap things up, I, um, my real reason for doing this podcast with you guys is that I need another, do we have more? Do we have more? I'm good. To wrap me up, we're gonna let's we'll, we'll have closing thoughts from everybody, and you guys can definitely ask questions. But basically, what I wanted to get in here is that I need a junior team where I can do my worm dog call <laughs> commands, G and haw for up and down, and uh, and we're just gonna take over the crossover world by storm. And I don't have worm authority on this team, so I need an sub team. So you want to? Then we can put those teams against each other and like who's communicating better and exactly. you're going to have verifiable <laughs> proof that these work. Yes. We'll see who we won't compete against. We won't compare times, but we'll compare communication errors <laughs> and just marketing results. I would like to say that the squat burpee workout this year at semifinals, we couldn't hear a damn thing no matter what. Our communication was flawless without any signals whatsoever. That's, that's the best case scenario. Best case scenario. <laughs> Um, we have like, do you guys want to get you to close it out, James? Uh, you got any more questions? I'm putting you on the spot. Do you have a question? Ask a question. Ask a question. Yeah. Each each one of you has to ask one question to uh, to wrap up, and then we're gonna go. It can be anything. You can just give some thoughts too. Yep. I've I've got a question. I'll give James some time to think. Um, so I kind of know the answer to this, but uh, bringing it back to the first half of this two part episode. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think you'd be better at swimming now? Uh, 100%. <laughs> and what, what, what do you think would be different? Uh, I'm, so, you know, when you swim, you are told you need to be like a certain size, a certain weight, and not, not as much as like some other sports, but there's like a stigma. And definitely yeah. you've noticed like girls are starting to get more muscular swimming. Like you right. start to notice a difference. Um, but even swimming just like 10 years ago, uh, you know, you're supposed to be like lean and, skinny and you know um we didn't really put an emphasis on squatting i think my max squat my senior year was like 150 um you know within literally within three months of starting crossfit i could squat 200 pounds but i was never pushed that capability um and then turn around come like the alumni meet like a year and a half after i was done swimming like i literally i beat every girl on slew's team in a 50 (laughs) butterfly and a 50 backstroke like, and it, it's because my legs were so much stronger. My core was so much stronger. Um, learning how to actually be like arch hollow, like my dolphin kick was so much better. Um, so yeah, hundred percent. Will we see you at the next alumni? Meet? No. <laughs> oh, well maybe, but probably not. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's the beauty of, you know, getting into CrossFit and learning body position, body awareness. Um, you know, and actually being able to go out and play other sports like I had never golfed before and I went and played with you know Matt and Izzy and a few other people from the gym and granted by my putting was terrible <laughs> uh, I have no concept of how to put a ball but I could swing and I could actually like I mean granted I was playing from like the closer tees but I could swing and actually like get a ball like pretty close to the green and or the fairway I don't can know can you confirm this Izzy <laughs> <laughs> no yeah no if she has some you know we just need to work on the form. Yeah. But going back to that, it's funny because so I played um, golf with Bailey Rail. Um, mm-hmm. She was a freshman and I was a senior. And wow, she could hit the ball. Yeah. <laughs> and you I was just until a minute fifty to bring this up. Okay, <laughs> but just I mean, the first time I watched her swing and hit that ball, I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah, just and sports are evolving to get much better and put more emphasis on strength training and that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, hundred percent would have been better somewhere. Good. James, what are you what are you gonna do now? What's your <laughs> like, well, yeah. he's going to the gym. I think that's a good question to ask James. What what did this teach you? Yes. 
Well, I think the biggest thing I took away from this is uh, I'm going to try to like start thinking that I am doing enough. Don't overdo it Um, because it's easy to do that right now. Uh, I mean, I'm still having fun, but just listen to y'all keep doing it because I mean, it's kind of really awesome that you guys just kind of like took us under y'all's wing like i really it's like it's the best thing man like really awesome well we love doing it yeah yeah Yeah, i look forward to more questions every time i write something (laughs) (laughs) i do i I know they're coming i know they're coming he literally talks about he's like yep i finished talking and then all of a sudden i feel Beep, beep, beep. Yeah. <laughs> the tap is coming. Is it, it's, I feel like it's always the same shoulder too. Like I'm always facing the same side. Izzy, what are you gonna do? Um, but t- kind of go off James. Like it's really like eye opening. Like like I said, like you do actually need to think about it. It's not just like go and work out. Um, I think I've learned more in the past two months if, about CrossFit and then I have you know a year and a half two years that I've been doing CrossFit um so you know a lot to take in and you know just keep learning every day do you guys maybe um I don't know what your expectations were coming in but how uh, the the long-termness of it and how long it's going to potentially take and maybe I'm not having to readjust any goals here, but like you guys in it for the, you know, Steve's been doing it forever. Taylor's been doing it forever. Like kind of the long haul and kind of, you know, we talked about goals being fluid, right? Goals also don't have to have like a, a, you know, time bound necessarily, necessarily goal. Well, like even from a standpoint of, well, Matt didn't do CrossFit when he was not a master's athlete, but how long have you been doing CrossFit? This will be my 11th. Yeah. 11, 11 years. And his, you know, goal was never really to make the CrossFit Games, and then all of a sudden he was, like, there. So, I mean, obviously, make CrossFit Games was always there, but um, goals change and expectations change, and, you know, you can be 48 and make the 45 to 49 division, and it's pretty darn impressive. It's an interesting sport, too, because the, you know, it one year's work, you know, maybe you don't achieve your goals in the first year, but that, that rolls up into the next year. You know, you hit those gains and whatever it is you can kind of kind of uh you know and that's the same as any sport but you know it builds off of more uh you know all the work i didn't did this year was for nothing that sort of doesn't really apply especially when you're young in the sport yeah, it's a rubber it's a rubber band you know, can never go back once it's stretched you can never go back to the original so everything that you're doing is is a foot forward is a you know another step closer to the goals that you're writing you can never go back to the 35 pound dumbbell and see if that's <laughs> scaled up to the 50 the other like day i was like ah oh, i feel bad i'm gonna scale it and then you're like why and i'm like oh you're right you're right <laughs> scaling is never a bad thing like there are multiple workouts like today we did sit-ups instead of ghd sit-ups and that was fine scale it's beautiful I think that'll wrap it up. Uh, I think we're going to have Connor Flynn on, who is a Division One wrestler at Mizzou, which is where I went. Go Tigers. Um, <laughs> talking about this kind of same sport, but if you're a college athlete getting into CrossFit or a former college athlete that's thinking about CrossFit, uh, hopefully the idea here is to, to just uh, – I keep saying illuminate. I don't know if that's fair, but like show that this is a, this is a sport that you can uh, continue. That's also a good way to like stay in shape and have that athlete identity. So if you are on the fence thinking about it, I would encourage you to try it somewhere. Uh, you can, uh, whether it's blue city or somewhere else, but uh, no blue city, blue city. <laughs> Just do it. make sure to subscribe to this podcast too. Yes. So that's the other thing. So thank y'all and tune in next time. Thank you.